Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Kelly and Dalton from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson, the First Bank Studio in Laurel. Glad you're with us today. A full show. We're going to go to Patrick McGee here in just a moment. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of USM Athletics and, of course, the Eagle Hour. You can enjoy their great meats that are smoked in-house every day. And, of course, Dickies will cater any event, large or small. We've got Jonathan Teicher from Texas El Paso on the show a little later. Lad Rhodes, the new baseball coach at Southern Miss, he'll be joining us as well. First, we're going to do a Tuesday visit with Patrick McGee. Big news broke yesterday, of course, and that was that effective the second football game of the season, beer and wine will be sold at the USM football games. And that, as you can imagine, uh, launched a uh, avalanche of social media. Our, our social media, Patrick's social media, before I bring Patrick on, I'm going to just read a few things here that uh, I pulled off of social media and of diversity of opinion. Pete wrote, I'm indifferent. Neil wrote, it's negative. This opens the door for bad behavior. I choose to not have my kids around alcohol. Now I'll have to choose between coming to the game and doing that. Charles, we need to add a sports book kiosk in the north and south end zone. Don, long overdue, will increase attendance. Gary, I think tickets should be sold in sections to keep the drinkers away from the non-drinkers. Steve, awesome. Uh, it'll make every game day better. Pat, not our Pat, but another Pat. With the alcohol door open, now can we move along to a lottery in the game and maybe install some slot machines in the end zone? This will solve all of our money problems. Laura, we also need more police. Kinsley, anything to get more fans in the stands. Jerry, should have done it the year Ellis Johnson was here. My favorite, Kelly. Diane, love it. Hope they add it to basketball and baseball too. Patrick McGee, when did this all start, you think? When did this process of thinking this out begin? And uh, who do you think made this uh, made this decision? Well, I, I'm going to speak with Jeremy McLean tomorrow, and I'll probably be able to tell you a bit more on that. But I think this is something that's been in the works for a while. It's been discussed in the athletic department of Southern Miss for a while. This isn't uh, something that happened. I obviously have new administration with uh, Jeremy McLean. Ultimately, he's the one who made the decision. Uh but, I mean, uh, I know you list off of uh, a lot of but it, social media that I've seen, I think it's been largely, uh, uh, you know, it's been a proof, you know, uh, upbeat. I think it's a good idea uh, because, honestly, I mean, I, I know a lot of fans have been going to games for a long time, and 
they bring their own liquor into the stadium. They drink before the games. They drink after the game. Sometimes fans stay out in the uh, outside in the uh, uh, tailgate during the game and don't even bother coming in and stay drinking outside the stadium. I mean, well, my thought is, you know, fans have been drinking before and during games for a very long time. Uh, it just makes it more accessible to all fans. And, and a lot of schools have reported that they've seen uh, a drop in alcohol incident, uh, uh, alcohol-related incidents during games uh, because you see less bench drinking and other things prior to contests. I, I think that's kind of the main reason that you see a drop is that, you know, people who drink beer or, or whatever – uh, they don't, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, they're not trying to uh, uh, get a few extra in before the game, before they go in. So I don't think this, you know, I'm of the opinion that I don't think it will impact the quality of the experience for fans. I mean, there will be some uh, people are, are removed from football games at basically every stadium on every Saturday because of alcohol-related incidents. So uh, I, I, I'm skeptical that we'll see a rise in incidents. Here's the bottom line, Patrick, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Whether you agree with this or not, whether you think it will increase problems at games or not, the bottom line is the athletic department is desperately looking for ways to put people at the football game. Yeah, I mean, all this, if you look at it, uh, and I know uh, before we went on there, y'all were talking about that, you know, uh, uh, hamburgers and popcorn and stuff like that is going to see a significant increase, uh, excuse me, decrease in prices. And I think it probably goes hand in hand with the sale of alcohol. They think they can make up for whatever money they lose in terms of sales on hamburgers and stuff like that uh, by how much they sell in the way of alcohol. So, it kind of goes hand in hand. There will be probably a few more people that go to games because they'll have access to beer during the course of the game, and they'll be able to go because they can, you know, uh, feed their family at a football game. So I, I think it works out. It's a boost for attendance on both sides. It this this decision, whoever made it, was made strictly. Here comes the big shocker because of money. All right, if you keep on doing what you always did, you'll keep on getting what you always got. And that hasn't been great the last two or three years as far as attendance goes. Something had to be done. Now, whether it works or whether it doesn't, I applaud the Southern Miss administration for at least trying something different. You know, the, the, there's so many things that have happened in the offseason. Moving the band out of the end zone back over into the student section. Making a, a family-friendly section down there in, in, in the end zone uh, area. Now the sale of, of beer and wine. The reduction, the $2 menu, so to speak, with hot dogs, $2. Popcorn, $2. You know, Cokes, $2. That's when, the big news to me. Yeah, when they used to be yeah. 6 or $7. At least they are trying to do something. And the subliminal message to Southern Miss fans is, is if you guys don't, if we don't start going to games in more numbers, you, we could be seeing not just the end of an era, the end right. of football as we know it. He's right, isn't he, Patrick? It's all about money. Right. Well, I mean, it's about the survival of the football program. So, yeah, it's about, right. you know, uh, money. It's about making this a relevant option. I mean, people, fewer people are going to football games nationwide, and smaller programs like a Southern Miss or a uh, a Louisiana Lafayette or, or a, you know, a young program like South Alabama is still getting off, trying to get off the ground. They're trying to figure out the ways to get people to football games mm-hmm. because TVs are just more advanced. And, and it's just, you know, you have so many more features and ways to watch football games at home. They've got to get people into the football stadiums. And, 
and the concession, the, the you know, basically conceding the fact on alcohol. You know, alcohol has always been you know a, a deal at Southern Miss football games forever. It just hasn't been right. uh, done out in the open. So right. uh, by doing this, they hope they kind of ease the the issue on that and then, you know get a few more people at the stadium. Well, Patrick, I got to tell you, when I first saw it last night, my reaction was very negative. But having talked today to a, a school official who really sort of laid it out for me privately how desperate the financial situation is for the football program, right. I, I've softened that approach. But I do have one question, Patrick, and I, I'm not a big drinker, so I don't know what light wine is. That was in the news release. They were only going to serve light wine. Can you educate me I, on that? Well, I, I think what maybe falls under the category of light wine is like maybe the hard lemonade. And also there's a... Uh, a wine that you can buy at the uh, at grocery stores that has a lower alcohol content. Oh, okay, I think that may be available, something like that. Not the kind that Kelly drinks every morning when he gets up. The uh, the old traditional wine. And actually, since well, he starts with a light wine and ends with a heavy wine. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And and since this decision came out and was made public, there's been a lot of people whining. You know. All right. <laughs> All right, Patrick. I really appreciate it, man. We always want your insight on big developments. We'll get back with you later in the week, but uh, thanks a lot, man, for coming on. All right. Short no night. problem. All right, Patrick. McGee, right. Before we run out of time, Luke, your thoughts on on light wine, caviar, and beer now being sold at Southern Miss football. Well, uh, you know, if, if it's caviar, then then that's easy for Kelly to throw down to, to you um, from right. the, the heights right. of the throne up there. <laughs> I guess I'm um, in my mouth. <laughs> one, one thing that we haven't mentioned that goes along with this announcement also, it's not just a question of fans being in the stadium. It's a question of students being in the stadium because you're looking at, you know, a student section where you basically get free tickets. It's included in the cost of your tuition. Uh, Grubhub is actually going to provide food for students. So students on their meal plan, they got dining dollars or, uh, or Eagle Bucks, I think that's what they call it. They can actually download a Grubhub app and they can place an order and then they can walk down to an express line and pick it up. And that's what Ole Miss just did this, providing a, a few things for students with, with charge stations and umbrella seating and stuff. I think that uh, the the beverage stuff, you know, deals with uh, the everyday fan. But there, it's this is inclusive. You're, you're looking at an, an opportunity for families to be able. I mean, I, dude, I'm getting excited. I mean, I can get a Coke, a popcorn, and a hamburger for six bucks at a Southern Miss football game. You know that that's that's really good. But they're doing also stuff uh, for the, for the students. Now, one thing that I wonder because this was a big hit last year for for those of us that don't drink alcohol. You know, they had like a five dollar free refill, thirty two ounce drink. I'm not sure that they'll include this on this new plan, but that would be interesting to see. But it's not just this one issue of alcohol. It's the fact that they're addressing families with the concessions and they're addressing students with the Grubhub. And again, whether it works or whether it doesn't they are trying to right. do That's something right. we'll different give credit for that I, I would say two quick things student fees which every other university in america provides for the athletic department why in the world they aren't doing that i don't know and win some football games quit losing to charlotte quit losing to louisiana monroe and then you'll have more fans in the stands goes hand in hand winning we'll always right does down. yeah
Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back, everybody. I want to thank Patrick McGee for jumping in with us uh, in the first segment. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Our good friends down on Hardy Street. You can uh, visit them around the state, wherever you're listening, or online now as we're streaming this show live every day at CampusBookmart.net. Pick out your favorite Southern Miss apparel. They'll deliver it right to your front door. Quick reminder, we are now streaming the Eagle Hour, and uh, in addition to all of our other platforms that Esquire can renew later in the show. So, Kelly, this is your first time that we're worldwide, brother. I have no idea what that means. That was all hoots and clicks to me, which is downloading and streaming and all. The ratings just went straight down from right there. I'm going to put that to you right now. Our next guest uh, is the play-by-play boys for the first conference team that will visit The Rock this year, which will, of course, be Texas El Paso. And we're glad to have John Teicher back on the show with us. I don't think it's his first appearance. And uh, we're always glad to talk to you about uh, UTEP sports, John. Well, happy to be with you and happy to be talking football again. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's just around the corner. This will be the first conference game uh, at uh, the Rock for the Golden Eagles uh, this year uh, when the Miners come to town. Rough year last year, 1-11, but you had a first-year coach. He comes back his second year now. You got eight of your offensive starters coming back and I think five of your defensive starters. So we're going to probably see an improved uh, Texas El Paso team. Am I right? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, it much worse than one in 23 over the last uh, 24 games over the previous uh, two seasons. But uh, there's there is a lot of continuity, as you mentioned, uh, particularly uh, offensively and largely along the offensive line, where UTEP had nine different. Uh, student-athletes start games a year ago due to injuries. All of those kids are back from last year. They've got a tremendous amount of depth uh, up front offensively, and that's a good place to start. Luke? John, thanks for being on. You're talking about uh, the starters. The quarterback's back on on offense, but I was looking on defense. Really, the top four or five uh, defensive leaders in statistics last year uh, are gone, graduated. One of your guys, A.J. Hodgkins, is back as a defensive assistant. But, man, who's going to make the tackles on the defensive side of the ball? Well, that's that's kind of the question I've been posing in the in the preseason. Who will emerge? To me, are the three words that uh, that uh, really sum up uh, UTEP's uh, upcoming uh, football season. Who will emerge uh, as the playmakers uh, offensively and, uh, and defensively? Uh, uh, I think that uh, they've got some experience at uh, at linebacker with uh, with Kalei Griffin. And uh, with uh, Sione Tupo as well, uh, and uh, Dylan uh, Parsi, but uh, uh, they've got some uh, young kids that they're breaking in in the secondary, some transfers that were here in the spring, which certainly will help. Uh, the experience they've got uh, defensively is uh, is largely up front with uh, Chris Richardson, uh, Denzel Chukukalu, and uh, and uh, and Simpson at, at at the nose guard position. But uh, uh, again, uh, football's about making plays, and UTEP. Uh, is going to have to uh, identify some playmakers, particularly defensively, but uh, to some extent on the offensive side uh, as well. Playmakers are going to have to emerge, that's for sure. Senior quarterback Kai Loxley, uh, what kind of – I mean, he's a big kid, 6'4", 210. What can we see out of him this year uh, with, with Wadley also back in the backfield, this, uh, the running back? What what type of, of offense? Is it going to emerge at all in Coach Dimble's second year, evolve at all, or is it going to basically look the way it was last year? 
Well, I think largely, you know, systematically, it'll look uh, very, very similar the way it did go. By the uh, way, Wadley, uh, UTEP has had its first injury of the year. Wadley's got a toe injury that he's had operated on, and he will not play this year. He's, he's going to take a, wow. a redshirt year that he hasn't used to, to this point. Loxley uh, also had been suspended for a time this summer, and although he's back practicing, he will not open the season as the starting quarterback. It's going to be Brandon Jones who played in the final six games a year ago, and his Golden Eagle fans will remember had a 300-yard passing game against Southern Miss in the season finale uh, here in the uh, UTEP Sun Bowl a year ago. So Brandon Jones is the one that's going to get the call as, as the starter at uh, quarterback with uh, Kai Loxley uh, uh, fighting for playing time at this point uh, following his suspension. John, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, about UTEP's identity because you know, anytime people talk about Conference USA, it, it, it's unfortunate, but everybody will go, yeah, we don't need to be any of the schools. We don't need to be, be going all the way to El Paso. You know, poor El Paso. It's not, it's not the miners' fault that they happen to be located in El Paso. But when you talk about a trip from El Paso to Norfolk, Virginia, you know, I just wonder that how the miners deal with their identity with the rest of the league, or is it even discussed? Well, you know, it's, it's a... It's a it's a matter of fact for us. We don't even, you know, basically we don't even talk about it. If it's uh, if it's a problem for other schools in the conference, then then so be it. I mean, every time we make a a road trip, it's uh, it's a road trip. The closest conference USA school to to UTEP is either Rice or or UTSA. You know, well over six hundred miles uh, away, North Texas uh, as well. So, you know, it's it's really not any type of a factor for for uh, UTEP and uh, and uh, you know again uh, we've uh, been a part of this conference for a decade and a half and uh, you know things at times have gone well as they've had for other schools and other times they've not gone so well as as is the case currently for football over the last uh, couple of years but uh, you know I don't think uh, you know historically speaking the miners have to take a back seat to anybody in uh, in conference USA uh, they they draw as well as just about any school in the conference uh, whether they succeed or not uh, in football and in men's basketball so uh, you know I, I think the miners feel good about their program and uh, and uh, you know if other schools have uh, have uh, a problem with uh, El Paso being so far west well that's their problem when they have to travel here to play isn't it <laughs> well and, and you get but you guys really get the short end of the stick because like you mentioned the you really have to travel you know when you when you guys go on which is half the and and please understand i was re- referring strictly to geography oh sure yeah. no i i no, no i get that okay. uh, i get that completely and you know again as i mentioned that's you know that's just a fact of life for us and we deal with it and don't even talk about it yeah, I mean, we just realize that we're going to be traveling great distances to play our league games yeah because even though they're in the state of texas obviously when you look well, at texas the, is big dude yeah well i mean if you go straight north you're in the middle of new mexico aren't yeah. you john or pretty close to the well, middle we're, of- we're we're about uh we are about 20 miles from the Mexico border. Well, and, and, and even closer in, in, in certain uh, directions. Uh, yeah, in fact, uh, you know, from from El Paso, you can see uh, two countries in three states because New Mexico uh, or the, uh, the the nation of Mexico is right here as well. Yeah, John, I was going to say on a good windy night, you could throw a rock from the stadium and, and hit Mexico just about, couldn't you? Right over the river, you right. betcha. I'll say this, Kelly. Have you ever been there? Yeah. 
Beautiful football stadium. Tim Floyd, you know. Really, who, really nice. Tim Floyd, who is from Hattiesburg, yeah. you know, yeah. went to Oak Grove High School right here, you know, co- used to coach the minors in basketball. But, John, I just wanted to let you know, not to be patronizing at all, but a lot of us here in Hattiesburg have been praying for your community uh, and some of the things that, that it's been going through, particularly the past, you know, two to three weeks. And, and we, we pray that the university and everybody there um, – I don't even know what to say other than, than we're, we're praying for for Were, were any kids from the university uh, injured or, or killed in that terrible situation? Not, not, not that I have, have heard. I, 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 no, I don't believe that, okay. that that was the case. And I, you know, I appreciate, and I think all of us in town appreciate uh, those sentiments. And what made the incident uh, doubly heartbreaking for us, El Paso has, has annually been one of the safest cities in wow. America for years, over a half million uh, people. And, and what made this even more tragic is that the individual that decided to uh, to commit this uh, heinous act uh, drove from uh, more than 600 miles away to commit uh, the, 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 the crimes that he did. I'll tell you, John, I was out there several years ago. My son, when he was uh, working uh, for the... Uh for the DOD was working out at the big army base there. And I had an incident in a neighborhood. It was very strange to me. The whole town, it was my first time there, fell while walking, stepped off of a uh, curb, kind of injured myself in the street. A car comes by. It's the stereotypical. I learned a valuable lesson. I mean, it was a very stereotypical situation, you know, a, a big rimmed out Escalade and really big, tough looking Latino guys in the car. Stopped their car, got out, helped me to my feet, asked me if I needed to go to the hospital, asked me if I needed a ride back to where I I came. Every experience my family had in El Paso, we were treated with kindness and uh, a sense of community, John. So I I think I understand what you're saying about El Paso not being the type of city that perhaps that incident would uh, and, an image on. and there's news here, John, that the Southern Miss basketball coach, uh, Jay Ladner, who just took the helm of the Southern Miss basketball program, w- is trying to arrange a basketball game between Southern Miss and Ole Miss to be played on the Mississippi Gulf Coast to benefit victims in El Paso and, subse- and subsequently Dayton. Yeah. So we're behind you guys. That, that's terrific. You know, we're really excited about uh, an upcoming uh, charity game we've got against uh, last year's national runner-up, uh, Texas Tech, that also uh, the, the proceeds from that game are going to go to our, our victims as well. So that's uh, that's great to hear, and uh, and I'm anxious to, to meet and get to know Coach Ladner as well as we obviously knew uh, the former coach, uh, Doc Sadler, who once coached here at UTEP. All right, John, thanks very much. We look forward to having you and the Miners here in the Berg later in the year, and the best of luck to you guys uh, as you start your second season with Coach Dimmel. We look forward to it, fellas. Thank you. All right, John Teicher, everybody, the voice of the University of Texas at El Paso. Speaking of new coaches, Lad Rhodes from Southern Miss Baseball is next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
Appreciate John Teicher from UTEP joining us. Golden Eagles take on the Miners at the Rock on September 28th in Conference USA Opener. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Today is Tuesday, so what that means is tonight you have wing special, 65-cent wings. Hmm. Be sure to check out 4th Street Bar and Grill on Facebook to learn about their weekly and daily specials. Hey, Luke. 4th Street Bar and Grill. Luke, before Proud you get... sponsor of the third segment. What's up? Before you get talking to Lad Rhodes, our, our new baseball coach, I had to tell you, John Teicher, the voice of UTEP, we were in the in the break before we came on, and, and we wanted to make sure we pronounced his name right, and he said, Teicher, I said, like the piano duo of Ferrante and Teicher. Who would know that but Kelly Sandler? Right? <laughs> and yeah, and then he asked you how old you were. That, that's what he <laughs> asked you. Right? And I said, yeah. pretty, old. pretty old if I know Ferrante and Teicher. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was kind of funny. Go ahead. Oh, man. I thought it was funny, too. Lad Rhodes is uh, the new uh, assistant coach for uh, Scott Berry at Southern Miss Baseball. Some baseball camps coming up, and he joins us now. Coach Rhodes, you know, I was talking to Chris Kirkland up at Jones College earlier this week, and I just kind of asked Kirkland, I said, dude, what did you do? You ran off all your coaches. Uh, you know, one guy goes to Gulf Coast, you come to Southern Miss. Kirkland must have been rough on y'all. Nah, he, uh, I, I was, you know, we all kind of, it all happened at once to him, so, uh, he seems like he did a good job and hired some good guys, and, uh, he'll be just fine. He knows what he's doing up there. It's, it all goes back to a Southern Miss connection, too. That's what I, I, I'm, I'm thankful right. for. It. Well, you, ju- you jump right in. Uh, one of your roles is you're in charge of all the baseball camps, and we have a father-son camp coming up uh, this weekend at the Pete. Yeah, yeah, definitely excited. Uh, kind of the first camp I'm having the opportunity to run, so uh, it's, and it's one that's uh, pretty cool, I think, and one that I'm really looking forward to in our father-son camp um, this Saturday. So it's uh, – It'll be a fun camp for the for the dads and their and their kids to get out there and uh, intermingle and get after it a little bit. Well, the main focus of the camp will be going over um, teaching the dads mainly the fundamentals and, and mechanics that uh, you know we want to see and, and things that we teach to our guys. And uh, instead of you know maybe just getting out in the yard and trying to figure something out to where they have a little base to work off of. So um, and then obviously the the opportunity for. Uh, the bond of father and their son to be able to get out at the Pete and uh, play a little baseball. Uh, you know, there's nothing more special than a relationship between their father and their son. My partner here, Kelly, a baseball dad, that uh, his son played baseball. So, Kelly, I'm sure you agree that of all the camps they do, I just think this is the coolest one, when dads and their sons get to come out there together. The problem is, though, is when is when the kids find out that the old man – can still do a thing or two. Uh-huh. They don't like it, do they, lad? That's right. No, they, they definitely don't. It's, uh, it fires that kid up. They have a little stuff on the food. Uh. Do they actually play against each other, lad, at any point? Yeah. The at, at the end of the day, um, actually, the, the dads will, will get to face off against their their sons in a, in a little scrimmage. So that's probably the most exciting part is to watch them kind of see the dads compete a little bit more is just to make sure they can still win. When I when I used to coach little league teams, at the end of the year we'd have our our team get together and we'd always have a father versus son game. And I'm telling you, it, it was supposed to be fun, but when the dads wound up crushing the the kids, oh man, they, those kids got mad, you know. And lad, I got to tell you, you're a Jones guy and I'm a Pearl River guy, so I don't want any trouble, okay? Uh-oh. Um, but but what about like a Southern Legends camp? You know how these major league teams do. 
they get all their Hall of Fame players, you know, that might be 60 and 70 years old, you know, to kind of reminisce for a weekend and knock the ball around. You guys ever thought about something like that, having a Southern Miss Legends camp? No, but that would be, uh, shoot, that's something that would be pretty cool. I haven't. I've been trying to try to keep my head above water here this this past couple of weeks, trying to learn everything. And uh, actually, a week ago, uh, me and my wife had a, had our first child. We had a little girl. So congratulations! Uh, it's, it's thank you. It, it's been a pretty busy week, but that that uh. That's something I'm going to have to run by Coach Barry and see if we can do that. Seems like it's a lot of fun. Now, let me warn you about something you need to prepare yourself for now, lad. And that is every year during Halloween, they have a big trick-or-treat at the Pete, and everybody dresses up. And Coach Barry is like the master. His (laughs) ultimate costume, he came as Mr. Clean one year, and... He was just awesome. So you got to prepare yourself now. You're going to have to really step it up come October the 30th. I've seen some pictures of him. He definitely, uh, I'm sure he wins the, the best costume out there. He gets after it on it. So we got to we gotta uh, figure something out. So, well, he does. Uh, he's the head coach, lad, so he'll always win the best costume. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you, know, that's right. you know what I went as last year, lad? What's that? My favorite X-Man. Who's that? Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> that's terrible. Hey, s- 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 welcome serious, to the Eagle Hour, lad. Serious, <laughs> yeah. serious, serious question, lad. At this uh, father-son camp, uh, do, do you have like some little, you know, teaching moment for these dads to help them understand their kids are kids? And uh, we're not in college yet in little league baseball, so maybe you get some of these dads advice so they won't get chunked this coming season. I'm telling you, it's definitely. I got three brothers, and I've been able to see some of my little nephews games. They're nine and ten years old, and they, uh, I see them get upset at something. I'm like, hey, they're just, they're just nine and ten. You know, they'll be just fine. But uh, that's definitely the fun part, and, and hopefully, uh, we can teach the dads a couple, a couple things to make sure that when they're working with their kids, they're they're teaching them the right way to, to hit or throw, whatever it may be. So it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. How do people find out? How do, how can they still come to the camp, lad? So the best way um, is to go online to southernmissbaseballcamp.com. Um, on the website, it has every tidbit of information about the father-son camp, uh, how to register, uh, the cost, the times, everything they need. And, and not just that camp. The, we have five camps this fall, so it has information on every single one of them. Okay. I want to add real quickly, too, you guys released your fall schedule. You're going to play a game uh, at the Pete against William Carey University. That'll be really exciting for this area. And then you're going over to play Alabama in a fall game as well, correct? Yes, sir. That's right. That'll be, uh, you know, the fall is definitely a good time to, to get these guys some work in. And, and obviously getting to compete against somebody else will be fun instead of, you know, having to scrimmage each other every every day for the weekend. But I think the William Carey one will probably draw a little good crowd and be a pretty cool, cool day for everybody. Um, so that'll be that'll be fun. And then uh, getting to go to Alabama will be be a good time and, and kind of see how our guys do. So it'll, it'll be uh, it'll be fun. We're looking forward to it. Well, welcome aboard, man. Uh, all of us on this show love Southern Miss baseball, and uh, you're welcome here anytime, my friend. Well, I appreciate y'all. Thank you for having me. All right, Lad Rhodes, a new uh, assistant. Baseball coach uh, for the Golden Eagles. And you picked it, Kelly. You picked it before the man's name ever even came up. Yeah, it was really weird that day, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I said, oh, man, this we is a done deal. both of them. Yeah, Creel's going from La Tech, and then Lad Rhodes is going to take his spot. And boom, like two weeks later, that's exactly what happened. Right. So. We're going to continue to follow this, obviously, this story that broke last night. Uh, I don't think we're going to hear the end of this anytime soon. 
We do have the athletic director on the show Thursday, so we're going to have a couple of segments with Jeremy. Uh, we're going to ask him. We're going to ask him how this all came about. We have some legitimate questions that you and I discussed before the show. Legitimate questions of concern about how the school is going to address certain aspects of this. But you can't help but think that they knew that this was going to be a watershed decision. That this right. was going to bring a lot of uh, a lot of scrutiny. Okay, so you would think that they did a lot of background check. I would think. And a lot of, uh, th- so they probably have the answers to a lot of these questions that we're going to have. They researched it thoroughly, I feel certain, before they had to make the decision. It was a tough decision. You understand the sensitivity on on the, the side that is not in favor of sure. offering beer sure. at football. So I, you have to give, whether you agree with the decision or not, I think you have to give credit to people who are, this is a, this is a leadership decision. This is not Southern Miss following anybody else's lead. This was something that they did on their own before State you know, That's did right. it or, or Ole Miss did it or anything. This is a Southern Miss thing. And I just, again, I give a lot of credit, whether it works or whether it doesn't, trying to do something because they have got to get people That's right. to the games. My, my opinion doesn't mean anything, and I recognize that. But for just the sake of saying, my opinion has softened a lot since yesterday. I've talked to people. I've had a chance to analyze it. And I think, too, Kelly, you're going to see a lot of scrutiny this year to see how it works out. So my guess is the school's working on that right now. One question I saw on social media, added security. My guess is yes, until they see if it's sure. needed. Some sort of policy to make sure people who are of legal age are not buying up a bunch of beer and taking it to people who are not of legal age in the stadium. All of these times, types of questions are things we'll ask Jeremy about. And, and here's, here's where we're going to get beat up again. All right. But we wouldn't even be having this discussion about beer. If you'd buy season tickets. People. Correct. It all right. comes down to if there were people in the stands to begin right. with, it wouldn't be quote unquote broken. And if it's not broken, you don't fix it. But what, right. but what they've tried to do in the last two or three years hasn't worked. Sell 30,000 season tickets a year, and this would have never been on the table. Because if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. And you got to do something to get attendance up. It was. I still just like the idea of uh, – I just can see Kelly tossing caviar down to you, Bob. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> looking forward to it. We're going to practice that before the opening game. I'll, don't throw a can of beer at me. I'll, though, be, I'll be like the Pope. I'll come out on the patio and just kind of wave wave yeah. at you all, you know. You're going to have the little hat on, too. And, 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 make it... and, and don't forget me and the four guys that sit in Section MM up in the very top corner. That's where they give me my ticket. That's about $400 worth of caviar right there. Yeah. But now this year there's going to be a lot of – people up there hopefully drinking in, beer in yeah. section mm yeah <laughs> we'll be right To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Goldport Home Center brings you the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day, located on Highway 49 in Gulfport. Goldport Home Center has the largest inventory of new and used manufactured housing. Check them out on Highway 49 in Gulfport or online, GulfportHomeCenter.m. 
Yes. Well, I appreciate Lad Rhodes coming on a little earlier. The father-son camp for Southern Miss baseball uh, this Saturday, August uh, the 24th, kindergarten through eighth grade. The check-in time is at 12.15. A father-son uh, fee is $100, and if you bring uh, another son, it's only $25 more. You can go to southernmissbaseballcamps.com uh, to register. And just uh, also a reminder, Southern Miss releasing the fall baseball schedule Sunday, October 13th, taking on William. Carey, and then Sunday, October 22nd, making the ride over to Tuscaloosa to take on the Alabama Crimson Tide. We mentioned this yesterday, women's soccer with a big exhibition win up in Starkville, one to nothing uh, this past Saturday. Uh, Olivia Durnham, a sophomore midfielder, scored for the Lady Eagles, and then a big save by Kendall Mendich, uh, the goalkeeper, with about a minute left, preserved the one to nothing victory for the Lady Eagles. They're on the road this Thursday at 7 o'clock up in Columbia, Missouri, taking on the Missouri Tigers, and that will be the opening, the official opening of the 2019 soccer season. Jack Abraham, Southern Miss quarterback, named uh, to a preseason watch list to the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, which goes to the the best quarterback every year. And uh, the scrimmage this past Saturday, guys, Jack looked really good, 15 of 20, 136 yards, had a 22-yard touchdown pass to Quez Watkins. Uh, Tate Watley went 12 of 22, 83 yards and a pick. Kevin Perkins, Steven Anderson, and D. Baker all looked good on the ground. On defense, Golden Eagles had six quarterback sacks, uh, some tackles for loss, and a, a forced uh, fumble. So looking right now, guys, I think Jack Abraham uh, is looking pretty good for him to be the starting quarterback when the Golden Eagles take on Alcorn. Yeah, no question about that. First game, what, two weeks? Less than two A week weeks from away? Saturday. A week from Saturday. I think some football actually starts college football this weekend. It does. Right? It does, yeah. Most of the... I think maybe one or two games. These like exhibition games. like the. Well, actually, there's some big ones right out of the game. I don't mean exhibition, but I mean, you know, like a, this a special is called game week. if they... That they set up. Yeah, week zero. Yeah, Miami is playing Florida Saturday. Florida's preseason number eight, and I think that's really the only one we've got going on this week. But uh, should be big. How could Florida be a preseason top ten team as dreadful offensively as they've been for the last? You got Dan Mullen down there now, babe. Good lord! You know the Cyclones of Iowa State are ranked twenty first. Are they really? Yeah, and I know that Tim Brando and and some of the the national sportscasters on their social media feeds have been saying when you look at the preseason top twenty five, it's nothing but the Power Five. You know, there's no room anywhere. It's a beauty contest yeah, for the yeah. Power Five schools. Right. Make them feel good about themselves. And obviously, I love the Cyclones. I went there back in the 1800s. When, when, so it's cool that they're ranked, but you're going, well, they haven't played a game yet. They haven't played a game yet, but you're going to rank people in the top well, 10. Well, you know, right. Sort of. They went. They went ten and three last year. They beat LSU. Uh, they got blown out by Georgia, uh, but you know they ended. They beat Florida State and Michigan back to back games. The Gators. You're talking 10 and about. Three. You're talking about the Gators. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, yes. you know, what we, we it goes unsaid that all the SEC teams are ranked in the top 25, right? I mean, just throw them all in there and let them work their way out eventually. That that would be the way I would do it, I think. How about you, Kelly? With, with and with all but with all the things, you know, right here at home with all the things going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this could be really a memorable season. You know, I mean, you got all these elements coming together, the new changes in the game game day situations, the things we talked about, moving the band over to the student section, the family, family section, now this decision with, with beer and wine. I mean, if this team can stay healthy and put together a winning streak and, and maybe play for the con- – I mean, there's, is, is this there could be a big turning point. in the air, Kelly, that you would consider sitting with us common fans a game? Oh, no. Oh, Heavens, no. 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 Yeah, just, just wanted to clarify. <laughs> if there's air conditioning where your okay. seats are, I'm there. You know, Section but, MM, there's a breeze. 
I don't want that breeze. That's natural air conditioner. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want that breeze up there. Uh, we're now streaming the Eagle Hour every day. And Dalton, where else can they hear the Eagle Hour on demand? Uh, well, on demand, you can hear us on the supertalk.fm website via SoundCloud. You can listen to us on the iTunes podcast app, on the Google Play Music app. You can also hear us on Spotify or on Stitcher. Athletic Director... Mr. McLean on the show Thursday for two full seconds. Mm. So if you're interested in finding out how all of this came about, tune into the Eagle Hour at 1 o'clock Thursday afternoon, and we're going straight to the top and ask the new AD. And really, when you think about it, you guys, over time, even going back to Roland Dale and Bill McClellan and some of the other prestigious athletic directors throughout the years, can you remember a tenure that has been as brief as Jeremy McLean's but has been so impactful one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, he had to hit the ground running with Doc Saddle. I mean, it's amazing the amount of um, the amount of really deep water he has had to swim in and against since he's since he's been on the job. And he's accessible, and he's young and energetic, and I think he'll do great things for Southern Miss. Whether you agree with this or not, this is one decision uh, that I think financially probably had to be made, but. I think he's going to do a lot of really good things for Southern Miss. And I don't think necessarily this is, will. that this is set in stone either. Like you said, if it completely blows up. I think up, they're going to observe it for a year and see how it goes. Sure. And, uh, and yep, fans will behave themselves, too. We'll see if fans behave themselves. That's right. exactly right. Think about it. Hey, guys. Uh, good, good show. Uh, just one game. Yeah. Good good show tomorrow. North Texas play-by-play guy on as well as head volleyball coach Stephanie Radecki. So looking forward uh, to that tomorrow. And if you see Kelly in public, folks. Encourage him to come down with the common fans for at least one game. How, think about it. How are you going to get up where I am? I know. Yeah. We'll be back. Eagle Hour back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. To the top. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.